It has been said that language was developed around the hunt. As humans became more successful at hunting, language became more complex. And we kept the tradition of language with meals, whether they are barbecues with friends, dinner parties, holidays, and of course, lunch gloves. So welcome to the great tradition of discussions during a meal. We will chat with all kinds of people doing all kinds of positive things. We will learn new views, share old ones, and maybe even laugh. Make yourself comfortable. And good afternoon, everybody. Thank you for joining us on today's edition of the Lunch Club. We're making some minor changes uh, today, and this is a big day for us. This is a huge day, so we're so happy you've tuned in. And we've got a wonderful guest that we're going to have, so I can tell we're going to have a really good time with. Uh, my name is Eric Hall. Kevin McDonald will be co-hosting today. And our very Hello. special guest. Hello there, Kevin. How are you? I'm good, and you? I'm good. Well, the sun, the weather is uh, beautiful over there. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. actually kind of like that today. Huh. So I've cool. been I've been trolled. It's it's like having a monkey on my back, you know, but a good humor <laughs> troll. So it's you know not not too bad. It's not too bad. So any word from Matt? Yeah, he's here. So just go ahead. Yay! And as always, the rock of the lunch club, Matt O'Shea. There you are. Thank you. Welcome. Good to see you. You look unscathed and smiling. How was your morning? I'm having a fantastic morning. I am getting ready for some Halloween shows, oh. and I've been asked to do a series on haunted lighthouses, East Coast and West Coast, and they're just amazing. Uh, how fun is that? It's a lot of fun. The history behind it. Having wow. the time of my life. Oh, man, that's terrific. I'll look forward to hearing more about that. Now, today's guest is uh, very special to us because uh, Mike runs a band uh, out of Chicago. Chicago. Jungle Mike. And Mike, Mike has written some <laughs> terrific songs about Seattle. He's got one in particular about the troll, this guy sitting behind me, and then about breakfast in Ballard. And most of us here has had breakfast in Ballard. And really, I have to say, there's really no better place on earth to have breakfast than Ballard, because you get it all. You get uh, Ballard and you get breakfast, and you can't beat that. Now, Mike is a fashion guru. <laughs> Not only does he run a terrific band, but he's got a high sense of fashion, as you can see by the decor of his band. We're so happy you're here, Mike, welcome. Glad to be here. Thank you. Yeah, we're, we're looking forward to uh, hearing all about your band and when you guys formed your particular niche, because you have, uh, I would say you have a rather unusual niche. You guys have a strong character, you know, there's a, and you, you can read it even in how you dress in the decor of your room and, and the sense of music that comes across. There's a playfulness to it uh, behind it. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing all about that. It's a, it's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, I, I always, um, uh, if I, you know, back when I started the band, it was, uh, around 2013 and, you know, I was just starting to transition from other failed creative projects and, and I was given music and songwriting a go. And I just said, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it with my personality and which is sort of quirky and, you know, humorous, um, and is creative, all that stuff. And, and, uh, and yeah, that's just, uh, I've always focused the nature of the lyrics and around high strangeness and um, most notably as of late, uh, that's been around UFOlogy, uh, things like Aliens and, um, you know, that's our last two projects that I've released uh, with the help of my musical accomplice, Max Cherry, has, has been themed around, you know, the ancient alien um, subjects and we've done two already working on a third. And, uh, you know, even back when we had the band originally, uh, our debut album was was themed around all the similar topics. So that's just kind of our, our niche. Kind of your niche. You said you had other projects going before music. What were they? You know, it was just I was in my early 20s and evolving and, and trying to find my way in, into the creative arts. I had so many things I wanted to do and try and maybe be and I wasn't sure how I was going to end up. I mean, I tried everything from stand-up comedy writing to you know, screenplay writing and, you know, none of them really ever panned out. And then uh, along the same timeline, I, you know, played a little guitar, didn't really think 
I was going to end up doing stuff like this, but, um, you know, I was encouraged by a guitar instructor of mine who's heard some musical arrangements I was making. And he said, you know, Hey, you should uh, throw some lyrics at it. And just like the light bulb went off. I said, well, you know, I do write, I dabble. I said, you know, maybe I could write songs. And, and what I really liked the most about that is, as opposed to like screenwriting and some other things, there's just so many rules involved with that. With like, with a song, you could just, there, it's really limitless. You could do whatever you want. So um, that sort of, a, that, you know, having no boundaries really just, just worked for me. Wow. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Now, so go ahead, Kevin. I was just going to say, Mike, that you just finished doing a uh, conference somewhere. Then you had a booth in a place and you <laughs> were talking about your music and it was a kind of an unusual place to be for a musician. What were you doing? I, it was, it was strange. So I, uh, I, I didn't anticipate on, me ending up there but um you know like i said we had done uh, our first alien album was themed around um the tv show ancient aliens or you know eric von daniken's chariots of the gods that kind of stuff and um, i'm you know a big fan of the show and i always wanted to do a, a song or two or ended up being an album about aliens so that was my first experience with that. And I was literally watching the show as I was done with the first project, just kind of having a moment to enjoy and soak in the moment. Uh, and, and I saw previews for an alien convention, which they call Alien Con. And it was happening, you know, not terribly far from Chicago area. The first one was in Baltimore. And I said, well, you know, it's not a terrible flight. And I said, you know, maybe I should look into it and see if I could do something there with the music and I uh, reached out to the people and they, you know, suggested to, you know, that I have a booth and um, promote the album and all that. And it was just, it was a blast. It was all weekend long and, you know, I had all sorts of suits like this and I uh, just made connections there that, you know, uh, are still active to this day. We should play one of his songs, Kevin. Hey, there's a good idea. Now, yeah. now because of the high degree of technology I have, I have two songs that are all uh, queued up and ready to go. Which one I'm going to play, I haven't got a clue. So Mike's going to have to tell us which one it is after it's done, and then we can talk about it. Can we do that? Now, the second one I'll know because we will have already played the first one. So I, That makes I'll, sense, yeah. Yeah, I'll, by process of elimination, I'll have it ready to go. So, so this is um, – Mike, would you please we – were, we were not – arguing about it but we were trying to figure out the name of your band and how to pronounce it can you do that for us sure it's majungas ah majungas. you were right i was wrong <laughs> majungas. and is is a majunga a particular person place or thing it is it's, it's a shortened name for a dinosaur called majungasaurus we had, uh, I learned about, you know, I'm into dinosaurs too, a little bit, you know, so I, I learned about the Majungasaurus dinosaur and it had a very brutal upbringing and it was just a very bizarre looking dinosaur as well, which I thought was kind of funny in a way. So I, uh, I, 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 one of the first songs that I wrote was actually a song dedicated to the Majunga, uh, called Majunga. And, um, wow. and I, and when I had formed the original band, um, that was like the song that we all really sort of connected around. So I, you know, we, I remember practicing the song Majunga and with the with the group and the hair standing up on my arms, and we all just kind of looked at each other and we we're like, we gotta like name ourselves after this song, I think, and roll with this thing a little more. And and that's how we got the name. That is a badass looking dinosaur, man. <laughs> wow. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Well, shall we shall we play one of the songs? Yeah, let's do it. All right. This is Majungus, and um, here we go. I was killing time at the high life, placed in order for the waffle slam. Watching Ballardites flood the farmer's market on a Sunday at 10 a.m. The roads are blocked for the day's events with vendors stationed inside their tents. 
The street musicians are ready to play. Breakfast in Ballard, what a wonderful day. Incoming boats unload their catch at the fishermen's terminal docks. While tourists migrate to the west, visiting the Ballard Locks. Kudos to Chet and Den's design. His concrete walls stood the test of time. From Puget Sound through Salmon Bay, breakfast in Ballard, what a wonderful day. The Monster Art and Clothing Store sells paintings with creepy eyes. And Sonic Records has crates of vinyl. I'll hang out till my bus arrives. But the rapid ride was running late. I'll take a walk and get a coffee from Slate. I see blue behind those skies of gray. Breakfast in Ballard, what a wonderful day. I said breakfast in Ballard, what a wonderful day. <laughs> and that is Mike Gentile, and that is Majunga doing a song about Ballard. How did you know all that? You must have spent all day there. <laughs> you're from Chicago, and you gave us a real flavor Man. for what the... the, the uh, the ballard uh, the locks are like and the uh, and that the uh, farm uh, thing they do on sunday you even knew it was west to the locks man that's pretty good <laughs> yeah I, I studied a map before i wrote the wrote it down just to so i made sure everything was accurate as possible but yeah uh i and it's funny because i've heard a couple people say that to me as well you know that, that like the seattle songs that we did they said you, you know you were only there for a week you know visiting i was like <laughs> They're like, we thought we thought you were from there. I'm like, no, I, was, I, I literally I spent it was an early morning, but we, we, we got to Ballard early and we left in the mid to late afternoon. So it was, you know, it was very jam packed. I mean, we had a lot that we wanted to do. Um, and yeah, I was, uh, you know, I, I just remember around that time and really the whole time that I was in Seattle, I, I had worked on that chord arrangement and I'd recorded it and I didn't really know what I was going to do with it. And for whatever reason, it was just jingling around in my head that, you know, it was, and it became real intense when I was in Ballard for some reason. And I just kind of flowed with the song and, and, and the pace in which things were happening. Um, so I thought it was, it was really suitable to, to pair my experiences with, with the song. And uh, it really was sequential and accurate to the things that I did there. Um, it was, you know, a, a simple day, but really a wonderful day all at the same time. Matt? What I, we were overdue to have an answer to Perry Como. He did the wonderful <laughs> song about this city, the bluest skies, but we're yeah. going back decades ago, and you brought us right up to the year 2021. You are an average guy walking down the street, calling it the way it is, and it has that flair, that bounce, that beat to it. This is fun what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah, it makes me smile. Now, forgive me, but you remind me a bit of Rick Ocasey. <laughs> oh, yeah, the car. Uh, right, right to my uh, left here. I literally I have a, the debut uh, vinyl record of, of the cars. It's one of the most underrated debut albums, I think, of all time, too. But, yeah, I'm a big Cars fan, so that wow. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Boy, that is dynamite. That is dynamite. Like I say, you've got a real playful but real uh, approach to what you do. And I, I've heard the troll and be honest with you, those are the only two songs that I've heard. And, you know, now I did read on your website cause you have a website called majungasband.com. You could get to it either which way, but yeah, there uh, majungas.com works as well. Majungas.com. And you've got, uh, you've got a few 
you've got a few songs there. I think what about 12, 16 songs? Um yeah, well our first, our day de- our debut album um back in 2013 was was 13 and then you know we had a couple of the singles that we did but then there's um the alien stuff which is starting to rack up in song tracks we had a 10 on the first one and i think uh 11 on the second one so how many albums have you done in total have you done three three full albums couple of singles and we're currently working on our third full album right now wow congratulations that that is quite a uh a a job to to put together an album and to produce it and and all that stuff. Who who does your producing for you? Uh, it's all self run. Uh, you know, when when we started it, it was you know um, it was my sort of I was sort of I guess the driving force because I had created demos when I was just you know figuring out you know what I was going to do creatively here, and then I had the demos that uh, attracted some musicians in my inner circle, and we formed the band. The band split apart about three years into it, so I, I took the Majunga's name and and I just continued to write and record songs in the studio, so uh, that I have set up here at home. So I, I um, you know, we just do everything um, self-run. Do you do you play all the instruments too? No, um, I, uh, I I on the demos I do, but but then I collaborate with uh, with a local musician and a good friend of mine who I knew from the early days of Majungas, and he he um, he lays quite a bit into it now with the alien rock stuff that we're doing. He does, you know, keyboard synthesizer and a much more aggressive uh, style of guitar than I do, but I'll do the bass, the vocals and some rhythm guitar. Matt, you just said alien rock. Did you coin a phrase? Are you the first ones to come out with that? Cause I love that concept. <laughs> and also what got you interested in that topic? Well, uh, I, I'm definitely not the first. Uh, or it, um, I know there's there's um, some bands because even when I was in Alien Con, there was a lot of uh, uh, guys that would come up to me and say, "Hey, did you ever hear this one band from the '70s or '80s? They were Alien Rock." So, uh, really? so yeah, I, I forgot some of the names of them, but uh, uh, but yeah, definitely not the first. There's um, maybe we're the first to really take the subset of what they would call the ancient astronaut theory and you know the belief that maybe aliens had a involvement in early mankind and all that stuff so maybe i'm the first to really focus on that so much and generate two three albums now uh <laughs> with that but i you know i'm i'm, I'm i've am i always been sort of a a weird person really interested in odd topics and you know fringe <laughs> stories and stuff like that so um, Welcome to the club. Yeah, You're singing with the chorus right here. We'll be so, the background chorus. So really, aliens have just been part of that 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 um, you know umbrella of things that I'm interested in, and I, I guess over the years it became more of a deeper interest, and um, and then of course there's all sorts of disclosure and and sightings and conspiracies that you know come about now with the media and everything that sort of spiked the interest a little bit more. So I guess it just kind of fit with the timeline. I, I was in a creative mood. I had a good, you know, rhythm going. I'm finally, you know, feel like I'm, I'm making a difference with what my creative side and, and I have this band thing and, and I got a system that works and it was just like the topic was there and I'm like, yeah, let me see what I could squeeze out of this. And I, I'm surprised that I've made three albums um, thus far. It's uh uh, I keep saying everyone is my last one. And then, you know, I, I sit around for a few more months and then more ideas start coming. <laughs> you found your groove. Well, you know, since you're talking about aliens and rock, I think it's worth the worth discussing about aliens and language and music. Yeah. You know, I, we've been led, at least the movies I grew up with, you know, all involved mostly classical music. And of course, when uh, Close Encounters came out, it was that simple. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. and, and they communicated with uh, with music. Is your approach uh, does it encompass any of that? Um, yeah, I, I I guess the only thing I could maybe think of that might be similar is I know aliens and some of the theories and belief is that they communicate sort of telepathically and and. Um, uh, my approach to music is very um, sort of hands-off and, and spiritual almost in a way. I don't really think too much about it. I just sort of let it manifest in my mind and then it just kind of comes to my hands. So, um, so yeah, may, maybe somewhere there's, there's a, you know, 
a UFO craft and extraterrestrials. And they're just, you know, putting this stuff into my, into my mind, you know, and it just, it comes out, but <laughs> they're your muse, you know, yeah. somewhere along the way. Interesting. Interesting. If you were to describe alien rock, what, how would you describe it? Uh, you know, the, the instrument that comes to mind is one that I don't even play. Uh, my, my uh, musical partner plays a, a synthesizer. So I just, I don't know. I just think weird. It's just the word that comes in my mind, you know, how, and when I'm coming up with a sound, it's just like how weird and eerie can, can we make this? <laughs> There's a, a thorum, a thorium, thorium, the, you know, yeah, a lot thorium? of sound, a lot of sound effects. Yeah. Mike, there's an awful lot of talk on the shows that the four of us like watching that they are amongst us. Now, I personally think they are because I think we're kind of blind to our origin and we're getting in little increments. What's your opinion about that concept that there's some aliens in our form, our likeness, and we didn't realize we walked by one or something like that? I, I, I love all of that. Um, I, I don't know if I have any concrete, you know, definitive reason to support or make some claim like this is how it happened. But, um, you know, I, just me thinking logically and looking at medical science and thinking about human DNA and, and process of evolution, a lot of it, things can be answered if you just sort of ignore what you were raised to believe in and the origin of man is and you just think, what if we were, you know, artificially created or manipulated? Um, and, you know, and, and that's how our, our species came about, you know, so it, it is interesting. And then the more things that they find, you know, these distant planets that are habitable and they, they could host life and that with the sightings, I mean, not all of them I'm sure are, are true, but so many I'm sure are. Um, and yeah, I think it just, it all fits. I don't know if, if we have the answers right now. And, and if somebody does, they're, they're trying to keep it a secret. Well, I'll tell, I'll tell you, go, go ahead, Eric. Go ahead. Go ahead. Kevin. Well, I was just going to, I was just going to mention that I was, uh, um, reading an article the other day and they were saying, you know, how many planets are there in the universe? And they figured out by, uh, ex by by doing the math that there are billions of galaxies each one with billions of stars and the number had like 15 zeros behind it and it's like quadrillion or or zeptillion or some some crazy number that's that's like really huge of how many planets there are and i just by the law of averages since there is one that we know about that's got human life on it, that there has to be more just by the law of averages. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, we did one of the songs on our first album. I wanted to make sure that I, I dedicated a song about that sort of probing deep space and explorations and finding all these interesting potential planets uh, of interest that might host life. And it was a, a song we did called Trappist One, Can You Hear Me? Um, but yeah, no, it's something I feel I feel very strongly about. And anytime there's there's a new article release about those types of planets, just gets me all excited again. Go ahead, Eric. You know, um, well, one of the things that I've always thought about, you know, now now that we're in with space flight, and we have the real possibility of getting farther out into space so that we can see deeper, and People are talking about interdimensional travel as well. And we're kind of going farther out into space to maybe find a way to uh, find aliens, but we're not spending enough time on this planet finding those inner uh, interdimensional doors. And we have these uh, other creatures with complex, we're finding out about their complex languages. And I guess one of the best examples of that is Star Trek, uh, was it four or five? We're with a whale. That was four. That was four. And what was it Spock said? You know, it would be arrogant to think that uh, we're the only species. And this is Spock, you know, out of, out of the Federation, out of all those planets. It would be arrogant to think that uh, the only species on Earth uh, that uh, aliens would want to visit are humans. 
Well, you've got to remember he was from Vulcan. Yeah, exactly. And he, you know, with all those other people on on these other planets that connected, and they're not, and we're not looking, you know, completely at uh, the possibilities on our own planets. That's what that uh, suggested to me. Yeah, I, th I think uh, it's interesting that you know you mentioned the animals and or just because sometimes when we think of extraterrestrial life, we think of people like us. But I think the more likelihood is uh is that it probably is taking shape in something that we can't even imagine you know um uh, especially some of these watery type places uh like a, in our even in our own solar system they're they're i know they're flirting with the idea of drilling a hole down in a enceladus which is a ice encrusted moon that's just a big ocean yeah. underneath it and i'm just I, I i don't know if we'll catch i'll catch it in my lifetime but i would just do anything to just be a little lens on that camera probe when it when it cracks down there to just see what's swimming around underneath there yeah no kidding well you know they say you know what they're saying about the octopus lately they're kind of geeked up about the octopus and it's not uh they, they can't explain that it uh, is completely from this planet because it's so unique in its uh structure they say it's not indigenous it's not from here yeah so uh, you know that leaves a meteorite somehow you know crashed into the sea and somehow part of it uh you know, survived or whatever. So, Mike, now with the possibility of space flight, getting on there with Bezos and maybe Captain Kirk, man, uh, have you bought your ticket yet? <laughs> no, no, it's uh, it's not quite in my budget yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it wasn't in Captain Kirk's either, but uh, Bezos uh, <laughs> fronted him the cash. Yeah, I would too if I was Bezos. <laughs> I wouldn't have left Ohura behind, though. So, so um, um, Mike, you got to tell us about the next song that we're about to play is about the uh, troll in Seattle. And Eric is going to, or Matt, you guys, I've never been there. So you guys, if you both, Matt, have you seen the trolls? I have not. Ah, so this is Eric. Eric, where did, you've seen the trolls. You've actually taken a video of them. Where are they and why are they there? Well, it's a single troll and it's under the bridge and it was a public art art piece it was a competition and group uh, groups of artists you know artist teams put together proposals to uh, do something interesting under there and there was a number of uh, pieces that were proposed of course but everyone loved this troll you know a troll hanging out under a bridge that's the perfect thing uh, for any bridge but uh, particularly Fremont since it's the center of the universe and it's also um, self-fundraising there's a place there there's a little uh coin receptor and you can put in coins and that helps pay for the maintenance and so forth and i forget the names of the people that uh, the artists put that back together mike do you know that mm, not off the top of my head no uh, but it's made out of uh, cement and wires and it's beautiful you can climb on it they encourage you to eric yeah that fremont bridge holds a distinction you know what that oh. is are you, is that the Elvis uh, in Elvis time thing? No, it's not that. Do you know what it is, Kevin or Mike? No. I, I do. It, it keeps stopping Metro buses every time I'm driving over. <laughs> the Fremont <laughs> Bridge rises and closes more than any other bridge on the planet. Really? On a daily basis, that one goes up and down to let traffic through more than any other one in the world. Unless wow. it gets stuck, which happens occasionally. Well, I know it feels like that whenever I drive a bus across there. That is the other interesting thing about that uh, troll sculpture is that under his hand, you know where you got that? Is it a little VW bus, a little VW bug. And inside that bug, it was a Elvis time capsule. And the idea was 100 years from when they installed that piece of work, then they would uncover that time capsule and there'd be this great Elvis par paraphernalia, but uh, some Elvis fan uh, snuck in there one night and broke into it and took, took away the, the time capsule, but they did replace the VW bus, V bug. So, so Mike, how did a lad from Chicago find out about the troll and not only go there, but write a song about it? 
a song wasn't part of the plan um, originally, but, you know, I just wanted to, I think we, the way we had the day sort of staggered was to start off in Ballard and then just sort of migrate our way over to, to Fremont for the later half of the day. And somewhere along the process, we'd stop underneath the bridge and take a picture of the troll. And that's really all that was supposed to happen. Um, but there was some, something unique about Fremont that just really resonated with me. You know, I just I felt the the creativity of the town and that sort of quirky vibe that they have and sense of humor. And, you know, they really don't shy away from it with all the art and decor that they have in the streets. So um, I was already on a roll with with think doing the, you know, writing the Ballard song. And I just thought, you know, it would be cool if I paid tribute to Fremont and and the, the feelings that I had when I was out there. And I thought maybe incorporate the troll into it somehow. So, uh, so I just came up with as creative of a story as I could, where the troll just magically comes to life and, and just starts parading down downtown Fremont and wreaking havoc, you know, and living like a local. <laughs> and I incorporated as many actual places and things and artwork and locations in downtown Fremont that I could into the story and somehow try and make sense out of it. That's so, so cool. Did you miss the um, annual Fremont Naked Bicycle Run? <laughs> yeah, I missed that one. Uh, I, I did read about it when we were looking up things to do and stuff like that. It came up in one of the past events, but yeah, it's probably for the better. I missed out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somehow I just can't imagine riding a bicycle without any, uh, you know, like padding or anything. I oh, yeah. yeah. That's just me. I'd be worried about getting caught in the chain, but that's my problem. <laughs> so let's 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 play. And Eric, do you want to play uh, that song? Go for it, man. And Mike, what's the what's the actual name of the song? If somebody wants to go to iTunes and buy it, uh, it's just called "The Fremont Troll." Very good. And this is uh, uh, Mike from Majengus, and this is "The Fremont Troll." Just an ordinary day Heading up to Finney Ridge Driving through that orange and blue Fremont Bridge When I got to 36th Street There came a rumble from the east I was stared down by The hub-capped eye of a country beast So long to the free 
And that is Mike Gentile. And the name of the band is called Majungus, and that is the Fremont Troll. That's, that's really cool, and thank you for that. Uh, Matt, what do you think? I think it's fantastic to go to Fremont. Is there a little bit of hate Ashbury about Fremont? A little bit. It's been there forever. We have uh, competing with the University of Washington, but that's our little neck, and you're p playing such a great tribute, a great homage to it. That's a community that'll never change. Now, now, Mike, I'm sure that you know that Fremont and Ballard were really the the place where grunge got its start, with the with the with the high dive and the number of bands that that played there. And are you familiar with that? Yeah, that's actually what what um, drove me to want to visit the Pacific Northwest because I'd never been there. I have no other connections to it other than the trip we made six years ago to just you know check out the. the the area and one of the things that i had that was calling to me was you know i grew up in the 90s so you know that rock grunge scene and knowing so many great bands that came out of that area was part of that reason you know i kind of wanted to see you know what's this culture all about what's this community all about you know that, that all these great bands you know uh, got their start in so uh, and I, you know, I could easily see why, you know, I came away so impressed with just the supportiveness that, you know, they all, all those neighborhoods have around their, their local arts and, and, um, and entertainment. So it, it certainly made sense, but yeah, that's a big part of the reason why I came out there. Well, yeah. So, so guys, uh, give us the names of some of the bands that came out of the, the, uh, Fremont and Ballard area and the grunge scene. Hmm. Were they playing in the firehouse Ballard firehouse? They played there. They played at the High Dive. They played at uh, different different venues. There's several of them. At that time, there were more. There are several of them all up and down uh, Fremont Avenue. And on Friday, Saturday night, people are going everywhere. It's, it really is quite the scene. Um, this, but uh, this, this is killing me. He was raised in the 80s. I'm from the 60s. And so I remember the rock bands that came out of Tacoma, Washington, a different era altogether. So now you're educating me here. Um, you know, I'm dating myself a bit. Well, Mike, let's go go down the list. There was, let's see, there was Alice in Chains. There was um, um, the one that. Uh, um, uh, well, Kirk, I, Kirk yes, Kirk, okay. Nirvana is the big one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Alice in Chains, uh, Soundgarden, I believe, Pearl yep. Jam. Yeah. Queens, right? Yeah. So the, those are the four of those, the core four of that 90s era, at least that stick out to me. I, I believe um, going back to classic rock era, isn't Hart from Seattle area? Well, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So from the Steve Queen Miller. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Steve Miller. She was? I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Wow. But but uh, going back to when, when Hart came out and they started, they were the first female band to really do do really well and uh and they were they were a big hit around here and then they went national so you know ann and ann and nancy wilson still live here um and they still they still play a lot so it's great um one, one of my one of my favorite moments after after the we had done the seattle songs was i actually um sent copies of the song or links to the song maybe to um jack and dino who is one of the engineers of nirvana and i you know he's still native to that area and i, I actually got a response from him and he he said he found he said he found the song very amusing <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so yeah I, that was that was sort of my high moment i was like oh jack and dino gives it the thumbs up i feel good those That's bands cool. you just mentioned who i am not i still heard of all those bands Alice in Chains, Soundgarden. So it has reached out to me. I just didn't realize that was my backyard. Mm -hmm. And Nirvana um, had a drummer who turned out to be a pretty decent drummer. <laughs> um, and and he ended up with, oh, gosh, I had it right on the tip of my tongue. Mike, you'll know. Oh, the Foo Fighters. Thank David you. Grohl. David Grohl. Yes, indeed. And uh, David Grohl has, turned, has had quite a career doing a lot of different stuff, and even the Foo Nirvana made the uh, um, um, Hall of Fame, and now we're so old. The <laughs> Foo Fighters are now making the <laughs> Hall of Fame. That just amazes me. We've had almost as big of an impact on music as Chicago. 
Not I mean, even close. Man, you know, I mean, <laughs> Chicago, you look, you look at any decade, Chicago has been has been doing it. Yeah, well, is there a neighborhood in Chicago similar to Fremont? Nothing that I could really think of. I mean, uh, Chicago's really, it's really large and there's all sorts of like little neighborhoods that have sort of their own little culture and vibe. I can't really, there might be some that might be called hipster, but um, I don't think are, are nearly as into it and as passionate as I got when I was out in Fremont. Uh, there's no neighborhood that I could think of that's like a. Where did uh, the Chicago Transit Authority come from? <laughs> I love that group. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'd have to look that up. Uh, well, that's that's sorry. That's before your time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they turned they turned into Chicago, and uh, and they were so that and they they were one of the best bands of all time. They so. did a little bit of Alien Rock. They did what it was at 2024. They did. Was that the name of the song? 2024. No, two two. Um, no, it was. Two, uh, two, Two, yeah, it was uh, four. Um, <laughs> I forget. Forgive us, Michael. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah, okay, see. But that was written about him. It was four o'clock in the morning, and he couldn't go to sleep, oh. and he and uh, he was trying to write a song. Forgive me, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mike, what's in the what's in the cards for you? What I know that in your background, you were a medical professional, and thank you for your service uh to to help people uh um get to the hospital and stuff like that you were a paramedic um what's new what's in the what's in the cards for you where do you, where do you see yourself in 10 years mm, yeah it's it's great it's hard to think about i i was thinking you know 10 years ago you know if you would have came up to me and told me i'd be you know i'd have almost 40 something songs written and recorded i, I think you're i said you're crazy but so yeah 10 years wow i mean who knows um i do really feel grounded and sort of uh, happy and content with the arrangement that I have now. And even though it's certain things get tested, of course, with, you know, the world flipped upside down with, with the pandemic and all that, you know, I still it took a, maybe a few months to adjust, but you know, yeah, I got back into that creative groove again and, and balancing work life and, and creative projects. So I'm, still really happy with that. I just want to keep it going as long as I can. And, um, I try to, I try to not force it or think about it too much, you know, or, or plan too far ahead. Cause you know, obviously tomorrow's never guaranteed. So I just, uh, I just one project at a time and, and, uh, and that's sort of my approach. I mean, is it one of your dreams to put a band together and go hire a bus and to go on the road again? That was the thought. That was the fantasy initially. You know, you sort of think about that. Um, when I had an actual band, we were a rock trio. We had two other guys and, you know, we did the local circuits in the Chicago area, nothing too massive or big, but, um, you know, we did, do, we did gig regularly and, and had a nice live set going. And, and that was the thought, you know, you would end up doing that. I think that's just kind of what you envision based off of, you know, rock history and seeing what other bands do and, movies and tv shows i'll put that idea in your head um never really quite happened like i said before we started getting some meaningful songs that people were really interested in the band split apart and with the alien rock stuff there's a big market for that and people are really interested in it but there's just two of us now and we make music in a studio so it's hard to get out and, and envision, you know, traveling and, and all that without a drummer, without a full ensemble, you know, bassist and all that. Um, and I think right now our main focus is just doing the doing the music in the studio and making it available for people to listen to however they want to listen to it. And uh, and I think eventually I know it's my my my. Uh, partner that I work with, Max Cherry, is a, you know, also a local musician who does his own projects and everything as well. But he, uh, that's, a, that's a big um, uh, thing that he wants to do with the band. He wants to, he wants to actually make it uh, a band again and do shows and, and sort of resurrect that part of Majungas again. So I'm, I'm excited about that thought too. But um, for right now, it's just make the album, get that done, and then we'll, we'll try and build up more and and maybe get back out to um, a traveling act again. It only takes one. Yeah. Now, I have to ask, is your show a little bit quirky as well? A show? 
Yeah, like when you perform oh, on stage. Oh, the, the, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, so Majungas, when when we first were, were, were going with the original act, doing live shows, yeah, we had, it was like, I mean, is like Broadway. I mean, I had so many costumes in the backstage and I would, I would dress up as a dinosaur when I did the dinosaur song, Majunga. Really? Uh, well, yeah. Cause I, yeah. You, you should see, I mean, just to see the people's faces, you know, that were in, in the bars, you know, just turn around and see, is that a dinosaur singing a song, <laughs> singing a song right now? You know, yeah, it, it, it caught people off guard and um, maybe grab some attention, but uh but yeah, that was sort of our thing. We always, well, and we would even have some of my, you know, our, our close friends, you know, dress up as actors and like act out little skits or mind little skits while we were playing a song about a particular, oh, man, you know. Man, sound like fun. Yeah, it, they were they were fun. They were very energetic and entertaining. And and I think my early influence and interest in, in theater and acting and screenwriting, all of that sort of stuff kind of came out a little bit into the performance act. So, um, so that, that was, that was definitely something we wanted to, or we wanted to make a point of in the early days. And we only did, um, my partner and I did one show, which is the duo. And we had a lot of electronic help, you know, to play some of the backing tracks with the drums and stuff like that. And we did one show, um, uh, before the pandemic and that that turned out pretty well and i think we were interested in, in doing more opportunities like that because it's convenient and easy to just set up two people and some some backing tracks and play out through a pa and um you know we were talking about getting like pink floyd-esque type laser light shows and make it really spacey oh yeah so yeah there, there's uh there's a lot of fun things we could do when are you coming to seattle again man I, I think about it all, all the time, you know, uh, my wife and I both think about it a lot. I mean, we we were thinking, I mean, if it wasn't for, you know, work and family and life and situations anchoring us down here, we were like, you know, thinking, like, man, can't we locate? It's it's really a great place. And um, I, I can't wait to go get back out there. We were almost going to go um, for our 10 year wedding anniversary out to uh, uh, that area again and maybe travel around some of the other areas and, uh, that was right before COVID hit. So we, that shut us down. So, but it, it is in our, our to-do list. We will get back out there at some point. That's good to hear. I hope you, I hope uh, you bring a partner along too and you do a show. I would love to see you guys live. I think that would be a kick. Yeah. If I could, if I could do it all over again and just magically drop Majungas in a map somewhere, it would be right in the heart of Fremont. That's, that was our, that was the, the same creative quirky vibe that they were given off there is is exactly what the music is all about so i think that would that definitely be a place i'd love to do a show mm. well you know if you got a whole bunch of money to drop on a house <laughs> you can move out here and move to fremont and you know drop a million dollars on a two-bedroom one bath <laughs> it's got to be similar in chicago oh, right lord yeah we're not too bad because we're out in the in the surrounding neighborhoods uh, the suburbs um but, uh, but yeah, city life is no joke here. Hmm. Yeah. See, we're looking at, I've uh, been looking at condos lately and I had a, had a huge communication problem with my real estate agent because I said a condo and I showed up, she showed me a cat condo, but it was in the budget that I was uh, looking for. I almost took it. <laughs> 300 square feet and uh, the ceiling is like four feet high. Yeah, uh, but I can access it with the carpet. I can just climb up the carpet. I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> so, so Mike, it's been a great pleasure having you having you here. Is there anything that you'd like to ask any of these any of these foolish people? You know, I actually I, I had the thought earlier in the show, um, Matt. You had mentioned something about the East Coast. What um, what was it that you're doing out there in the East Coast? What areas? Well, I get on various shows, and I'm doing a Halloween tribute. And so my friend Gary, who works for several places, actually, one of which is the American Road Trip Talk, we decided to focus on lighthouses that claim to be haunted. So I'm getting a few out of Maine. I've never been there. He has one out of Florida, St. Augustine. But then over here in the West Coast, there's a handful. I've been on all of them. So we're going to make a fun Halloween show, give the recordings and tantalize people to get out there, tour these things and, you know, bring the family, have fun. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, Halloween is a big, 
time for for us too. You know, you could tell I'm into the costumes and all that. But uh, uh, I mean, actually, we did do a song once about um, Salem, Massachusetts, which when you mentioned uh, when you mentioned the, when you mentioned the East Coast, I thought about that because I did spend some time out in Salem when I visited Boston. And I learned about the the haunted happenings. It's like that whole month long celebration of Halloween that they do out there. And um, I had always joked about it, you know, growing up, like you know, we should celebrate the whole month of Halloween, not just one day. But out there, I guess they do that. So I, I we wrote a song about it. It's called "Spirit of Salem." So it's kind of a that is neat. Song. We have a town called Coopville, Washington, and they spend the month celebrating it. And it is sensational how the whole town gets into it. All 14 people. It's amazing. It really is. <laughs> 14 people. <laughs> so, so, Mike, it's, it's a pleasure having you on the show. And will you come back? And and, uh, and next time you come back, we want to play some of your latest stuff and uh, and talk about the alien stuff. And that would be that would be really cool for you to do. Yeah, I look forward to it. Hopefully, uh, hopefully sometime before this year is over, we'll, we'll have it wrapped up and uh, and we'll, we'll get back on. When you're, when you're ready to, as they say, drop the album, <laughs> um, you'll have to come back and, and we'll uh, uh, promote it for you. We'll do now, that. Do you, do you guys drop an al- album or do you like uh, anti-gravity it? <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a good question. I guess it's one to ponder anyway. Yeah. I guess we just, it just downloads in your brain magically, I guess. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So uh, gentlemen, any other questions you have for Mr. Mike? It's been fun, Mike. Thank you. Thank Mike, you. you've got a unique style, and I know a lot of your stuff's going to be hitting the airwaves. And it's like what you said about the cars. The moment your stuff is playing, people will know that's Mike's band. I appreciate it. I really yeah. wish, Mike, that, that the music industry wasn't so, for lack of a better word, screwed up uh, <laughs> right now. And the, and, the, and the talent like you can get heard easier and can get paid easier than it is today and i'm hoping that they'll they'll fix all of that so that uh, you get what you deserve i appreciate that thank you much success much success. yes indeed so ladies and gentlemen we will be back at the top of the hour we have a gentleman by the name of steve snyder his father was shot down in world war ii and he survived his father survived and was hiding from the nazis for seven months and we're going to talk about and he's written a book, and uh, the book is called um, Shot Down, and it's by uh, Steve Snyder, and we're going to talk to him in its entirety in the next hour. So stay tuned, and we'll be back right after this, so uh, about a six- or seven-minute break. But, Mike, thank you again for being here. Mike. Um, Good to see you, Mike. From, Absolutely. Uh, Majungus. and uh, go fun. And find out all about all he's doing. And, by the way, Go download and buy some of his songs. I would appreciate it if you would do that. Um, he's got he's a great musician and a great songwriter, and uh, and he deserves to get paid. So, uh, Mike, thank you. Thank you. We'll see you soon. See you, Mike. Thank you, Bye. Mike. Thank you.